Welcome back, Queer Steak. Today, I interview my friend Kelly from my USGA days. Oh, those good old days when I was not a BYU student, yet I went to USGA because I had nowhere else to turn, and no one cared. For the most, I don't think anyone cared. I mean, there were a few people there who did. Okay, look, the point of the story is that, hey, Kelly... I interviewed her, and Kelly is fantastic. We met at this vegan cafe in Salt Lake, and boy howdy, let me tell you, I spent about $20 more than I should have, but that's okay, because I love myself, and I love to treat myself. God, those desserts were so good. Uh, Heads up, the audio quality is not the best this episode, and that's because of the music that was playing in the background. So I apologize if that causes any distractions for you. But otherwise, it's a fantastic episode. So grab some funeral potatoes, kick back, and enjoy. Okay, recording started. So, okay, so, um, you know, the uh, the young men, young women's... Um, Nothing else for you to do. They had you make lists for possible um, significant others. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, as a teenager, you know, I never came out to myself, even though like I messed around with one guy. Even though, like, even after that, I still didn't think I'm gay. <laughs> uh, but in college, when I I finally came out to myself, I made a new list. And so my list was, um, it's a very specific list because I never actually expected to meet anyone. Um, so blonde hair, <laughs> likes corgis, speaks a foreign language, named Luke, <laughs> likes Pokemon, um, likes me about as much as they like Pokemon. <laughs> uh, and I, I think there was one other thing. But, yeah, and then, lo and behold, I actually met someone who checked out every single point. Really? Yeah. Um, someone popped into my head, but not almost all of those. Who? Um, a friend of mine, but he's straight, but he comes across as gay. Okay. Like, most people would think he's gay if they didn't know. Yeah. Um, other than the speaks a foreign language, he served his mission here in Utah. <laughs> so. Um, I had a friend who served his mission in South Provo. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Luke, if you ever met him. I know the name. Yeah, and like he served his mission in Montreal, so he speaks Canadian French. <laughs> and he's geeking, I don't know, like just everything about him, we, we really clicked. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, flash pan, uh, But, you know, all good things must come to an end. Um, he was in that place where like religion still kind of freaked them out um and so you know we didn't talk for a few days and then he was like, like i think we should stop seeing each other and like he didn't say it was religion stuff but i knew it was religion stuff so i just talked to him about something previously mm-hmm. like about the temple um which was hella depressing um but but yeah like stuff like that like even just ending with the list and like you met somebody with that list. That's a great story right there. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone has 
fun little stories like that. And then people have not so fun stories where, like involving sexual assault, unfortunately, yeah. um, or asshole bishops. Bishop Lulette, it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about remaking my list, though. That's an interesting concept. Or making one for, like, women specifically. <laughs> it's fun. Um, again, like, I did go the unre- somewhat unrealistic route, the, the too specific. So it's amazing that I found anybody. Mm-hmm. So for a while, like, I hope he doesn't hear this, but yeah, for a while I did think, like, he was the one, like, for, like, a year or two after, like, really pined after him, like, the, the one that got away. Yeah. And then last February, like, I saw him again, and after that, like, closure. I don't feel that way anymore. And That's good. Now he's dating someone, and I'm really happy for him. Did you ever know Melissa? Um, Little? No. Oh, okay. Because, uh, she was in USGA. Because mm-hmm. um, that's where we met, right? Yeah. Okay. But, um, she was, like, the girl that got away, I suppose, but it's my fault, you know, because yeah. I was, um, like, she moved back home, yeah. um, after we had started to, like, see each other, and then literally, like, a week later, she's like, oh, I have to move home, because my family member is sick, and I need to be home for them, right, so, um, but she moved, she was planning on moving back, I think she did, in January, and I started, um, school up at the U in August of last year, mm-hmm. um, and so, like, I have a, one of my bridesmaids actually is, like, obviously a good friend of mine. And we would get lunch every Tuesday. Um, and one Tuesday, like, after school had started, she asked me if, like, I had met anyone that I was interesting at the U yet. And so I was like, you know, I'm not dating at all. I'm cool. I have no interest in boys at all. And this girl, Melissa's coming back into town and moving back in January. So I'm holding out for her kind of thing. And, you know, my friend's very, very Mormon, so she was like, okay. (laughs) But, um, so that was, like, on a Tuesday, and that Thursday, I had a date with Jake. Mm -hmm. It was our first date, but he says it wasn't a date. I thought it was a date. And you think it'd be a date if you try hard enough. Yeah. I learned that my first two months living here. (laughs) Well, I just, like, assumed it was a date because he invited me over to his place for dinner, which he cooked for me with wine. Very date-like. Yes, but he was like, oh, no, I just, like, legit wanted to meet you and get to know you and make a new friend. But, anyways, that was, like, Thursday. Um, And then I, like, fell head over heels for him. And so the next Tuesday, literally a week later, I go to have lunch with my my friend and I'm like so I'm in love and I'm getting married and she's like to a boy and I was like yeah and she's like um I'm confused because I thought you were holding out for a girl and I was like yeah well changed in the last week and she's like you know mind blown so then she's like oh I have to approve of this guy and everything but anyway so that was just like a fun story about like one of the only girls I've thought about seriously dating trying to think of like how to explain this like so I've known that I'm bi since I was 19 Um, a girl in young woman feminist suggested that I might be bi and then I thought about it and I was like well yeah um, I think I am (laughs) so that was 
interesting, but, um, but I never, like, I, at first I thought I was only, um, you know, bisexual, but heteroromantic. That's what I thought for a long time. And then I met Melissa and I was like, I could date this girl and I could date other girls too. It's just that like, I'm more picky about women than I am about men kind of thing. Um, and I'm like a 2.5 on the Kinsey, yeah. even though the Kinsey scale's stupid, obviously. And I did. So yeah. many people have said that to me the past two days alone. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it kind of is, um, but it's still useful just for like generic stuff. So right, I'm like, right. Like when you're first starting out, so you know what's going on to like kind of gauge, like, okay, yeah. now let's get into the big stuff, like um, in Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, here's here's your class. Now here, like, the cool sub stuff within each class <laughs> that gets really complicated. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm like a 2, 2.5. Yeah. So, you know, slightly more attracted to male presenting people. But, um, but like, because of, and because of my family and stuff, it would just made more sense for me to, like, end up with a guy so I figured I would because it caused it causes a lot less problems like I was just talking to a good friend of mine the other day actually she's also bi and she's dating a guy and she has been for years but um she's like a huge gamer and Jake does gaming stuff and so we were talking about that and she's like you know I'm very happy for you that like not that there's anything wrong with you dating a girl but like it helps to just be um like straight presenting kind of thing it comes with a lot of privilege and it, like life is a lot easier which is true um that does make it hard sometimes though from another perspective of like my community I feel like on the outskirts of because of it yeah sometimes because I'm marrying a man and like at, at this moment we're not practicing polyamory so I'm not seeing any anyone else so there's no potential of me dating a woman right now um so that's just like frustrating because some people think I, I can feel it. And it's sorry, Justin, to interrupt you. You're fine. I, I I don't feel like it's the same for like gay men in church who marry women. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're definitely gay. They're not bi, but it feels like they don't face that same stigma because they're still like out as being gay and everything. Like it's it's this weird, complicated mess. And so it's like this weird yeah. double standard between bi people and gay men who are married to women. Well, and even even more on that, like that's totally true, but also like bi um, male presenting people versus female presenting people mm-hmm. um, get treated differently too because, I mean, both suck, but in the queer community, if you say that you're bi, like for example, uh, JD does this. JD is technically bi, right? Yeah. But he uses gay because he's mostly attracted to men. It's just easier. Totally don't judge him for that. That's totally fine. Yeah. But like, um, most people, unless they know JD well, would be like, oh, he's gay. Yeah. He's just a gay guy. Um, or if you say you're bi, but then you do end up dating a lot of women as a man, people will still be like, ah, eh, he's just gay. And he's like, you know, right. she's his beard kind of thing. Yeah. But when you're a girl that's bi and you are dating men most visibly, which has been my case, like if I have been seeing girls before, I usually keep that to myself because I was at BYU because my family's Mormon and all this stuff. Um, so people just think like, oh, you're pretending or like, oh, you're bi-curious. You're not actually bi. And that's just very strange to me, especially with women, because like of the two genders, like far and above, people are like, yeah, women are more likely to 
experiment would be like on all over the place with sexuality. I think that's part of the reason why, though, people don't take it seriously. I mean, I think that'll change in the next decade or so, because studies like that are showing that, like, no, it's not just, like, girls being flaky. It's actually, like, part of biology kind of thing. But be because it is more common, even statistically, people don't take it seriously. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, if you mess around with a girl, oh, I did that in college, too, but I'm straight. I've heard that from multiple girls. Or like, I have girlfriends that I meet, like my, my BIDAR and my GAYDAR are so on point. No joke, I always know. Um, and so I've told, like my best friend for example, I was the one that told her she was bi. And she was like, no, I like, I like dick. And I was like, yeah, but you're, you're bi girl, I promise. And then six months later, she's like, I'm dating a woman. <laughs> so. But like, I've done that to a couple of my girlfriends that I'm like, I promise you're bi. But like, I'm not gonna push that on you, but I can just tell. And then months later, they'll be like, yeah, I realized you're right, but I'm still straight. Do you think <laughs> also because of that, like women are more likely to hide the fact that they're bi? Yeah, I think like, um, I think if it's not uh, important to them, yeah. like for example, I have two, two friends in particular that I can think of that both told me later, you were right. Yeah. But one of them married a guy and the other one dates mostly only guys. Um, and uh, and her approach, she like literally propositioned to be a little bit because she's like, I haven't you know exper experimented with a girl yet. And she was, you know, it didn't offend me or anything, but yeah. it was that, it was that vibe of like the girl that is legit just being bi curious yeah. um, because she doesn't know what she's doing yet. And that's like what people think you are when you say you're bi bisexual yeah. and a woman. Um, and that's like no bueno, no fun. Something similar happened to me actually. It's like this one dude, like when it comes to celebrating his bias and stuff, like very few people know he like propositioned me and we did some stuff. Um, but then right after he was like, no, no, I'm definitely more attractive to women still freaking out about it. That makes you feel um, real good. And then like, I know that they went to Pride, and like I was having like this hard time with it. Like, you don't like to admit that you're bi to anyone. You're so positive, but, like you really wanted to go to Pride. And I get like all of your friends are queer, but like that doesn't sit right with me. Mm -hmm. And then I feel bad because it's not my place to think those things. But yeah, people keeping their bisexuality hidden or trying to figure it out. Yeah. And like just the prejudice that comes with it, because I'm being a little prejudiced against him. I'm like it. Pride is, um, since Pride Month was just last month, June, it's July now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was like a lot of articles and videos on the issues and the intricacies of Pride. Um, like I found a couple interesting videos about like being disabled at Pride, for example, and how they're discriminated against. Um, and they get weird looks and stuff like that. But another one was um, on both ends was I saw some like things that got responded to that were like, we're tired of straight people infiltrating pride and making it like an excuse for them to just like dress up in fun colors when they're never an ally the rest of the year. Fair point, but then the responses to that was like, hey, friendly reminder that just because someone looks like they might be straight doesn't mean that they are. Because you're like, by saying that, you're erasing anyone 
who identifies as anything one to five, basically. Yeah. Like anything on the spectrum that's not completely gay. Plus, you don't know if they're trans or not, um, just by looking at them. And um, like, because my, my partner didn't come to Pride with me, but like if he had come with me, I know that like there were gonna, there would have been some people looking at us as if we were like a straight couple, um, which we are, but I'm not straight, right? you know? So like that can be really frustrating, but um, Pride can also be like a space for people who aren't comfortable with like being out yet, but they want to experience the community and find a safe space kind of thing. Yeah. So that's hard too, because um, like maybe that's the case with your friend, but then there are people that I'm sure they're like, oh, um, you know, I am gay, but I'm ashamed of it. Right. But then they still go to Pride and it's like, but you're ashamed of it, so. I think he is ashamed of it for very, I'm not gonna get into it because I don't want for one, like I don't want anyone to identify him. Just from from talking to him, he's he's definitely ashamed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about like girls kind of hiding their bias, I guess. That's what kind of where we were. Yeah, we went on a tangent. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I don't think like girls necessarily go out of their way to hide it. No, I, no one I've met, like again, like being. Technically, I'm polysexual, by the way, but bisexual is easy to, it's just easier to say. Yeah. Um, but, like, while I do feel like I belong and should belong to the queer community, I also do acknowledge that being bi, especially someone who often presents as straight, since my partner is male, um, comes with privilege. Um, and that's, like, another thing that in the, in the sub-community of queers that identify as bi, poly, pan kind of thing. Um, It is another iffy subject because on one hand people are like, passing privilege is stupid, stop talking about that because like we're still queer and like passing is arbitrary, it's subjective, whatever. Yeah. Um, But, and I agree with that, like I don't like that people in the past and sometimes even today use that against us. That's like what I mean by we're part of a community that doesn't really seem to accept us completely. Yeah. Because we're not gay enough. Um, So that's why it's annoying, but in the same, on the same side, or on the opposite side, I guess, um, I do think that I do, I benefit from some privilege because like I'm not having to deal with my family judging me for my relationship and I can have a normal relationship that no one bats an eye at. Um, and I'll never have to deal with like housing discrimination or religious discrimination or anything like that. Um, and it does, you know, help out a little bit in that regard. So because of that, I think that there's really no reason for bi people to hide and there's no reason for them to be ashamed of it. Like, this is just my perspective. Um, it might not always be true. Um, but like, especially if you're, for example, my those two girlfriends of mine that are bi, but you know, they, they're gonna continue to date guys. Yeah. It's just not important. So it's not that they're hiding it, but they're not they're not gonna bring it up because it's not important to how they live their life. Yeah. Whereas for me personally, I just, um, my identity is important to me. Um, 
as much like the fact that I'm bi is just as important to me as the fact that I'm a redhead kind of thing. Like it's very visible. I like my hair. I like that I'm bi. I like that about me, even if I am in a straight relationship. Um, so I bring it up if it's relevant, but some people will never bring it up because to them it's just not relevant if they're in a straight relationship. So people might never know. <laughs> yeah. But and that and that also like probably um, to a point perpetuates the stereotype of like by being a curiosity thing versus a real identity because you know I don't know what the exact statistic is but there's some studies that suggest more than half the population identifies as somewhere in the bi spectrum or has at some point engaged in bi-ness yeah you know um and that's huge but how many of those people actually would say I am bisexual right very few yeah so um do you have any other stories well, I have my, <laughs> I have two fun stories, I guess, from like before I knew I was bi. Okay. Um, so my very first girl crush, very first one, would have been like a childhood friend of mine. Um, her name was Paige. We were friends since we were little, and then she moved away, and then she came to hang out with me once when we were like 14 or something. She spent the weekend with me. Um, and I... You know, this is 10 years ago, so I don't remember all the details, but I do remember we, um, she was there all weekend and we spent most of my time, most of our time together in my room. Um, and at some point the idea came up of like touching each other down there. <laughs> I don't remember why, but I mean, no clothes came off or anything. And it was like, I was the recipient, but like that was my very first orgasm that someone else gave me yeah. kind of thing. Um, and it's so funny because other than that, we didn't do anything. Like it was just this one like 10 minute stint of our whole weekend together. But literally like two hours after that, my mother comes to check on us to see if we want lunch. And then she pulls me aside and says, by the way, I think it's best if you and Paige come out of there and um, stop hanging out in the bedroom or at least leave the door open from now on. Oh. And I like freaked out inside because I was like, you know and I asked her years later and she's like mother's intuition you know that's always the answer right but she totally knew and <laughs> just bothers the crap out of me um, so that's like the first experience I had with a girl essentially um, and I did have like that crush on her for a while but you know didn't really see her much after that because she didn't live in the same town and then um, I had a, a really close friend in high school, her name was and she moved into my high school our sophomore year, and she, she and I had English class together. Um, and I walked into English class. I just, I just had to say really quick, it's never math class. No. <laughs> or science lab, lab partners, because sometimes that's also kind of the, oh, we're lab partners. No, it's usually English class, like books <laughs> too, like English class. This book I just read, that was actually about um, this by non-Mormon dude who lived in Provo falling in love with um, a Mormon dude was in a creative writing class. It's, it's the books, it's the romantics. Obviously. It was like my favorite class too, by the way. I, I wanted to be an English major for the longest time and a writer, so. Um, uh, both of those I highly recommend. 
And I was in ma uh, advanced math class. Do you know how many women there are in advanced math classes? Zero. One. There was like four of us. Four, okay. Yeah. And probably three of us were queer. <laughs> so Which math is, is a queer woman subject. Heck yeah, man. Good, good to know. You know yeah. it. Like all of the mathematicians that are female, you know that they're queer, obviously. <laughs> but anyway, so um, one of my favorite classes, uh, sophomore year English, honestly, best, best teacher ever. So I walk into class that first day and she's a new student. I went to a small high school, so that's a big deal. When a new kid moves in, everyone knows and everyone wants to be their friend. Like the new kids actually became popular most of the time, which is kind of backwards from other people's experiences. Um, but like, and she was pretty. She was so pretty, so everyone wanted to know her. So I walk in the door and there's this like bright fire engine red, uh, red head in the corner. And I'm like, who is this girl? <laughs> um, I remember thinking that, but like th that was pretty much it at the, at the time. And I sat next to her. Um, and she just started talking to me and she was like, hi. <laughs> um, she was the one that gave me my nickname, which was Mormon throughout the rest of high school. Okay, where did you grow up? I grew up in Yakima, Washington. Okay. So So it's not an out there nickname. No. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I was, there's only, so my high school was about 800 people. Um, okay. My graduating class was 115. So pretty small. We had a dropout rate of 50%. Mm -hmm. So that sucked. <laughs> this sounds exactly like my college. Really? Yes, SVU. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, like most people were born and raised in that school district. Um, and there were only like 20 Mormons, but that's like a pretty decent population when there's only 800 kids. Yeah. There was about 20, 30 of us. Um, but I was the most outspoken one. Um, I was the most abrasive and I was the most extroverted, and I was also the smartest. Yeah. So that's why everyone knew me. I wasn't popular, but everyone knew me. Yeah. <laughs> everyone cheated off of me. Um, so anyway, <laughs> gave me my nickname. And so we became friends really quickly. Um, she introduced me to marijuana. Um, so um, I totally had a hard-on crush for her. Um, <laughs> hard-on. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't even know until like I was 20 years old and I was thinking back like people You know people have asked me when did you know you were by like when was the first time you noticed and so then I thought about it and I was like, oh it was um, So uh, She and I were super good friends. I bought her so much stuff I probably spent like $600 on her within like the first two years of our friendship um, and I would buy her clothes and I would do anything to make her happy. And there was another girl she was friends with that they had done like casual camming, like the camming roulette sites. Uh, chat roulette? Thank you, yeah. that one. Um, they would do it just for shits and giggles, um, knowing that it's mostly like dicks yeah. that pop up. But they were doing it together one night and I came over and we, we all had a sleepover, but I wasn't really friends with the other girl. And someone on the chat roulette asked them to make out so good old chat roulette yeah I do remember feeling a little hurt too because apparently I wasn't pretty enough to be the one that the guy wanted someone to make out with so I got really jealous um, and uh, in two ways like I was jealous because they were the ones that got asked and then I was jealous because this other girl was kissing <laughs> um, and then they wouldn't let me watch either. <laughs> oh my God. They had me turn away. 
but, <laughs> um, and then later that night we gave each other massages. I'm very good at massages, so like had her clothes off and I was using oils and all this stuff. Um, and then later, like a week later or something, I was like talking to a boy that was potentially interested in like hooking up with me, warm and hooking up, right? Right. So yeah. making out kind of thing. Maybe a little dry humping. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't kissed anyone in like three years and my first kiss was during a sexual assault actually. So not a great experience, right? Right. So I asked to teach me how to kiss. <laughs> so um, not a good experience because I was bad. I was yeah. so yeah. bad at kissing. <laughs> that just makes me think of my first kiss and like all of the work JP had to do to teach me. <laughs> Yeah, I like, all I knew of kissing was what I had seen on TV, so I like was, you know, and she's like, your mouth is too open, so she gave me like feedback, but it was mostly bad, so that was a little hard, but yeah. anyway, so that was how I got kiss me, right, but um, so obviously I had this huge crush on her, so I asked my mom again years later, because um, we were talking about me being bi and everything. She was asking me questions, and so I told her about how all this started, and she's like, oh, yeah, I knew that. And I was like, what are you talking about, Mom? And she's like, well, why do you think I didn't like My mom hated her. Um, she hated every time I went over there, so I finally started lying to my mom. Like, I would tell her I was hanging out with someone else instead of because she didn't like me going to her house. Um, she didn't like me, like, going anywhere with alone basically yeah um, and so I was like wait that's why you didn't like her and she's like yeah I knew like what I thought back then quote from my mom was um, my thought was she's the one turning you yeah um, and I just started laughing because I thought that was hilarious but my mom was like worried about turning me again mother's intuition she knew and I didn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> but so you know I'm still kind of good friends with her. Um, we talk every now and then, but she got married and has a kid, so. I feel like that's how a lot of these stories end. Yeah, um, and again, she's another good example of like, um, I, uh, I got the idea of, of lists, quote unquote, lists from Joanna as well, because she had lists of everyone she had made out with. I did too. Yeah? And then finally, I stopped because of all the random makeouts. Yep, um, I I never made a list, I just kind of thought about it in my head, but then like I lost track really quickly. I did have a list of sexual partners once I started being sexually active, mm -hmm. and I lost track. I, I forgot like this one guy's name, and it bothered the crap out of me that I couldn't remember his name, so my list was incomplete. So my OCD kicked in, I was like, oh, I can't keep a list anymore. But anyway, I had this list, and like her list of makeouts, and kisses. Um, I actually still to this day don't know if she was a virgin or not, but I think she was, which surprised everyone. Yeah. Um, but she had like 80 guys on the list, and then she had 14 girls. Ooh. And so I didn't really know the word bisexual at that point. I was only like 16, you yeah. know? But I do remember asking her, I was like, so oh, so, like, what happened with these girls? And she told me, like, some of the stories. A lot of them were just her close friends, 
you know, and that's just a thing girls do because we're silly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like a couple of them were just, you know, random makeouts in like a party or something. Um, but I asked, I remember asking her, so do you, do you like girls? Um, or something like that. And she's like, yeah, I like everyone. <laughs> I think that's a good answer. Yeah. I wish I could just like everyone. Right. <laughs> but so, I mean, that's, I feel like that's how a lot of girls are. Like I, I doubt if you asked her today would ever identify as bisexual. Right. Um, but she wouldn't deny it either. Yeah. So, I, uh, I remember having, like, so I went to BYU, right, um, and the, I don't know if you ever heard this when you, like, when we were in USGA at the same time kind of thing, but JD kind of started it, where he would call me the, the resident fag hag. Maybe? But he meant it differently than, like, the traditional use of yeah. that word. Um, he meant it, like, he used that because the joke with some of us was that um, if I'm attracted to you and you're a woman, you're straight. And if I'm attracted to you and you're a man, you're gay. <laughs> um, because that is literally what always happened to me, especially at BYU. Like, I, like my freshman year, I went on exactly one date mm -hmm. with someone who turned out to be gay. And he let me know later because he's like, I really like you, but I struggle with same-sex attraction. Oh my gosh, those words. <laughs> it was a great conversation because I was just like, okay. Um, and he was number 15 <laughs> of guys who had come out to me wow. that I liked. Um, did you ever know by chance? Yes. He was like the 13th. Wow. <laughs> I like and we were close for like a month and then I don't know what happened but we were just really cold with each other after that oh. and like things never recovered and it was it was really sad because I enjoyed hanging out with him like I found out like I, I was pretty sure he was gay um, and then it was like confirmed when he moved into a gay house with like three or four of my other friends and I was like everyone in that house is gay right and they're like yeah I was like okay yeah. <laughs> but but I remember because that happened to me so often um I, I had to have that thought with myself when I was still active, and a lot of these boys were gay, but um, were still Mormon. So I remember having to like think, okay, could I ever marry a gay guy? Um, because one of them asked me that at some point. Um, and I had to think a long time about it because I could, like, having just a deep emotional connection is super important, obviously, and I happen to have that with a lot of gay guys. Um, but I'm, I'm such a sexually driven person that I was like, I finally had to decide, no, nah, I could never do that for moral reasons and personal needs. Um, because like, I, I just know personally, I could never long-term handle the thought that my life partner doesn't actually want or desire to have sex with me. They might enjoy it, but like, that doesn't mean that they want it, you know? And also I don't want to encourage that like yeah. I mean I'm not gonna judge someone who chooses to do that if they think that that's what's best for them like to be in a um, mixed orientation relationship but I didn't want to be that person yeah so um, so I had to think about that and then like when I f realized I was bisexual I also had that stage where I was <laughs> God, it's like embarrassing thinking about it but you know I was you know I was certain I was attracted to women but um, I had to assert it. 
Yeah. So I was like hardcore, like, to, you know, that the stereotype of the very pushy, butch lesbian? Yeah. That, that was me for a little bit there. <laughs> where I like, I didn't do it overly aggressively, but I definitely was like, every time I saw an attractive girl, I overly sexualized her. Yeah. To prove, quote unquote, that I was attracted to women. See, like, I always felt like I should do that. Like, I, I need to, like, be more sort of with my likes and stuff. But I'm kind of the opposite because if I start to sexualize somebody, you might even a little bit, I'm like, no, stop. Right now. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's mostly the end of the thought. Just <laughs> uh, like, the, like, there's um, one guy who I might be going on a date with later when he gets, he's really bad at communicating um mm. we're like looking at some of his pictures on tinder and i think like he's really attractive my thoughts started to go there i'm like no i've got to respect him i can't i can't think about that which is funny because if he asked me to hook up i would hook up with him but i feel like it's just not my place to do it until like the actual hooking up happens yeah. like that's that's a weird kid it's 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 cool don't don't worry about it everyone does it no, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like, as soon as I realized what I was doing with girls, I felt bad because I was like, no, like, as a feminist, I hate when guys do this, where, like, a girl walks... Because I wouldn't do it in that gross way, but, like, a girl would walk down the hall, and if, a, if I was with someone that I knew was chill with queerness, I'd be like, oh, she's hot. Did you see her? She's so cute, kind of thing. Like, yeah. just that, where I had to... But I wouldn't do that with guys that walked by even though I would notice like attractive guys, you know, I would only do it with women. So then when I noticed it, I was like, this is kind of anti-feminist a little bit because I hate the idea of guys doing this to me and my friends, like us walking down a a hallway and a couple dudes being like, damn, dead ass. You know, like no one wants that to happen to them. So I shouldn't do that to other people. Um, Especially, like honestly, especially being queer, like that gives us a bad name. Yeah, yeah. Like the... God, I hate it. Um, my least favorite gay or bi stereotype on film is the hypersexual. And I remember I watched uh, the, the one movie with Zac Efron or he and his brother, who was that famous, other famous comedy dude, had to find dates for their sister's wedding in Hawaii oh, or something. Yeah, it's like called my. my some of their names need dates to a wedding or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so one of the characters, she is bi, and like, you know, she mentions that, like, both best of both worlds, but then she's hypersexual and creepy. It's like, no, don't. Why are you... No, like, yes, show that we are sexual, but don't be creepy about it. It's not that hard. This is a really old cliche and joke you don't see that much anymore. And it's for a reason. Why did you bring it back up and why did you think it would be funny? Yeah. Some screenwriters, man. Well, or just just like queer characters in general are still not normal in film. Even like that one especially is bad, but like how many times have you seen a film where there is like a queer character that you know is queer, but it's not the main part of their identity? Um movies none tv is doing a pretty good job yeah yeah but movies i'm sure like, no. I, I know cable does um is doing a little bit better but like um i, I wish mainstream television would do a, 
like do more of it because a lot of people don't have access to cable and stuff like I don't watch cable but like um, did you ever watch Once Upon a Time? No. Oh okay. There's like one episode where Little Red Riding Hood uh, realizes how important um, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz is to her. Yeah. Um, And they are a gay couple you know a lesbian couple Um, but like it's just this one episode so I was a little annoyed that they didn't continue with that, um, and then just got like this one episode. But it was cool though because the episode was a normal, because the whole TV show is very romantic. There's a whole yeah. bunch of side stories of how people meet each other, how they became a couple, blah blah blah. Um, and that episode was exactly the same as any other episode with a straight couple. It was just that they were two girls. Like yeah. they didn't treat it weird. There was no like, oh, I'm gay for Dorothy line or anything. It was just like, I love her. And it was so natural. Yeah. I loved it. I wish TV would do more of that. I think, and they've also gotten flack, um, The 100. Uh, I, I didn't watch it past the first season, so. Um, it got, season two was hands down the best season. Really? Yeah. So you didn't, did you ever meet the character Lexa? I don't remember. She's the, the leader of the Grounders. I remember, like, the, um, the one girl that is, uh, the main guy's sister. Yeah. I always got the vibe that she was a bisexual character. T- yeah, same. Um, but that's the only thing I remember thinking about any... I, d- I didn't notice anything else, so probably not. Um, like, they... I, I think even Logan the person, like, they, they bring in sexuality as not a big deal. Like, Clark, she sleeps with a guy, the guy who um, dies at, like, the start of season two. Mm. Then, like, she gets this like romantic connection with Lexa, the leader of the Grounders, and it's not treated as like, how dare they be two women, oh my gosh. Like, it just is, and there are, like there's another gay couple where they just are, and like every so often, like they'll be a little smooch, like, be, be safe, honey. No. <laughs> um, and like the controversy came when they killed Lexa. I, I think like one of the reasons they killed her was because um, like she was only a guest star, and the actor, she, got a lead role on uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. Oh, okay. Her death happened right after she and Clark had kind of slept together. Mm-hmm. And so people were like, boo. Like, oh, yeah. You know, bury your gaze. Why did you just... They do that in Buffy, too. Yes. I mean, not really the same thing, because they're in a relationship for at least a good season. Right. I wonder, like, um, what their intention was with the 100, like, if you ask the director, because, like, with... Buffy, for example, Joss Whedon did that intentionally, but not because it was a queer character. Like, right, because he, he kills indiscriminately with his characters. Yeah, well, and also, like, obviously Joss Whedon is, like, cool for the queer community because he actually, um, Buffy was the very first show ever that was allowed to have a gay sex scene on TV. Did you know that? I did not know yeah. that, but that makes a lot of sense. And one of the very first um, lesbian kisses on screen as well. Um, but he, uh, his reason for killing her off was simply because she was so important to Willow's character. She, they kill her off right when they're making up their relationship kind of thing. Because they mm-hmm. broke up and then they get back together. And then they kill him off and then Willow becomes Dark Willow and all that stuff. Right, right. So it was important to her character development. Also, um, tangent, I'm sorry, but like... Uh, an interesting factoid I looked up was this, the episode where I can't remember her character's name, but um, uh, Tara. Tara, thank yeah. you. The episode where Tara dies, the beginning sequence where they have the credits. It's the only episode where she's included in the credits. 
Really? Yeah, is the one where she dies. And Joss Whedon did that on purpose. <laughs> I know, um, another tangent. He, so the very first two episodes about the vampire slayer, like, when Buffy meets Willow and Xander, there's that other guy there, and he's supposed to be, like, one of Xander's best friends. And then he dies. And then you never really hear about him again. Which one was that? Uh, like, season one, episode one. Okay. Two. Um, but, like, there's just one other guy with them. It's like, yeah, like, this is Xander's pal. Um, and then he turns into a vampire, and then he dies. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, but you never hear about him again, which makes that... Okay, <laughs> you're a better writer than this. But something Joss had always wanted to do was have somebody show up in the main credit sequence and then die that first episode. But he didn't have the money to put that guy in the main title sequence. Oh. I guess. Because he would have had to pay the actor more. Yeah, too you or have something. to. Yeah. 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 Well, that's just dumb anyway. Who does that? <laughs> no, I think that's kind of funny. It is funny. For, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's it. There's no better way to end this. Um, thank you again yeah. for this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone. That's all she wrote, a.k.a. the end of the episode. You, okay, you probably didn't need the a.k.a. Okay, look. It's the end. Hooray, you made it. I hope you enjoyed. A huge thank you to Kelly for sitting down and talking with me. Also, a huge thanks to Britain for the album artwork and to Pink Pocket Squares for the use of their song, Tainted Rhythm. If you need to get a hold of me, uh, my name is Mika McIntosh, and I'm sure you can find me on social media. 